You're listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little bloodsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers are gay. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Well, um, over the weekend I had the good fortune of speaking with none other than Zeb Walsh. Now, Walshy has been on the podcast before, uh, about four years ago actually. So a little bit of um, water has passed under the bridge. And I don't know if you've listened to that podcast, you know Zeb is an absolute mad dog. Um, I'll just run through, you know, a little bit about, uh, Zeb. So Zeb is a brand manager of FCD Surfboards, who's Fletcher Chenard Surfboards, the son of Yvonne Chenard, the founder of Patagonia, which is a surfboard company that has, you know, great ethos and, um, and under the guy, under the wing of Patagonia, who is just a, um, an amazing company that has a mission statement that is beyond profit. And that is rare to find, um, in an ever shrinking world of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and being, um, just have more is more, uh, sort of ethos in society. So, you know, um, hats off to Patagonia. Anyone that has anything to do with them, um, you know, just this is great 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 company and i love what they're doing so zeb is under that in that family tree um but zeb also is just a, a waterman he's a waterman of the highest order um he has prone paddled from victoria to tasmania which is bass Strait. i mean get your head around that prone paddle means lying down paddling um he's also paddled from queensland to uh, papua new guinea um, get your head around that. And there's another one. He's won the Molokai, which is one of Hawaii's most, well, I think it is Hawaii's most prestigious paddling race. He's won that and he's a world champion paddleboarder. I mean, a, a, a waterman, he's a great surfer, um, you know, a lifesaver. The, the list is long of, uh, Zeb's credits in the ocean. Um, so anyway, recently he has gone over to California and just done a spare of the moment thing and paddled 120 Ks from California, Los Angeles out uh, into open ocean and around Catalina Island and back in. That's 120 clicks in under 24 hours and it's just an, an amazing feat. Uh, so him and his mates, Lockie Lansdowne, uh, Jack Bark and Lockwood Holmes, they, they did it together and it, it's so Zeb has come in, talks about what's been happening for him, um, you know, in the last, you know, few years uh, and, and, you know, um, there's a lot about diet and what has led up to, you know, I suppose, getting, it wasn't specifically to get into shape for this, but specifically to, to uh, he was motivated by a documentary, lost a lot of weight and, you know, um, forever honing his skill and ability. He's, he runs, mar- I think he ran a half marathon. He's, I don't know if he's done the full one. Anyway, look, he's always up to something. Just a super inspirational guy. So look, I hope you enjoy our chat. Um, I certainly always enjoy chatting to Zeb. Um, just a real live wire, good egg, family man, um, you know, does it all. He's just a good human being. So 
Walshy, if you're out there, thanks so much for, for coming over. Always appreciate your time. Um, anyway, look, that's been that's a pretty big in- intro, and I won't rabbit on anymore. I'll just throw you straight into the conversation. I uh, hope you enjoy our chat. All right, I'll see you on the other this side. It's interesting. Wow. Wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total farfarama. Like this last three years is, I, I someone at work and I was like, oh, you've been here like a year and they're like, I've been here for three because I was like, oh yeah, I guess it's two years just gone with COVID where we didn't see anyone. So do you, did you, how did you go through that? Did you find it tough to be locked up or did like, I don't know, I went through ebbs and flows. Yeah. Um, Oh, not like frustrating at times, but um, the hard thing was I had to do the homeschooling. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> my, my attention span in uh, learning isn't great. So you pair me and Marlo together and it's it's kind of a shit show. What do you guys end up doing? Um, I think just going in circles. Yeah, hammer it. Get, get the hammer <laughs> and out then, stuff. then just knocking off at lunchtime. Yes. Yeah. We've just had enough. <laughs> Um, no, well, cause it was a tough one. I think like, um, you'd sort of get in your head, like what you like, you need to get done, but you kind of forget like kids are in a classroom with 20, 30 other kids. But when it's just you and like, even with both the kids one-on-one, you, I, I felt like in the end, I was like, I had to pull myself up cause I was trying to almost do too much. You taking on the teacher role too seriously? No, well, just like, oh, okay, we've got to get that done, get through, like, mm. where they probably have an hour to do it in class. I'm trying to do it in five minutes because <laughs> I'm already clocking off in my head. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that for me, like, the whole COVID, I, I think that was the toughest thing for me was just the homeschooling. The homeschooling, yeah. I think all parents probably feel the same. Everyone yeah. I've spoken to who's a parent was just like, fucking hell. Oh, and like my, my wife, she's a teacher. Yeah. But she she was flat out <laughs> teaching other kids online. So, yeah, you got me who's dyslexic and not the not a great attention span trying to teach kids that are the same. What a weird stretch of time. Yeah. It was really odd. Like when you think back to it, like talking to some of the crew in, in the States last week, it's like when we had that, like, I don't think they had it over there, but I was like, like we couldn't leave 5Ks from our house. Did they not have that? I don't think so. Well, no one I was talking to sort of had that. <laughs> well, maybe they did. I don't know. But <laughs> it was like, that was so... I still came to the beach, I think, every day. I'd I had to. fudge the line a bit. Like, no, we're within 5Ks. Give or take ten, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to paddle ten k's out to sea. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think we were pretty lucky. I think if you're in Melbourne, like I kind of was like, oh, it's not that bad. We go to the beach at lunchtime every day, so the kids can play and go snorkeling and surfing and paddling or whatever. But then when you think the the poor crew in Melbourne, where your five k radius is still oh, just streets and concrete. I'd, yeah, that would have been tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we got it pretty light. 
So, yeah, I kind of feel I can't complain. Did you slip into any unhealthy patterns, eating? Oh, yeah, eating and drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Every day was a, yeah. oh, I deserve a can after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you you recently, I only asked that because I know recently you went on a pretty stringent diet, right? You dropped yeah. a shitload of weight. Yeah. How many kilos did you lose? Oh, about 20 kilos. It's fucking heaps, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, and have you held that? Yeah, I've been pretty much nearly a year now. Sat at the same weight, so. And what? Tell me what spurred that. Um, COVID. I'd obviously gain a bit of weight through that, just through, I guess, lack of movement yeah. and, and then normal. And like we said, eating and drinking. Like you're stuck at home. Like yeah. what do you do? You get bored and you go and eat something, or like you find a reason to have a beer or a wine or a bourbon or something every night. <laughs> Um, even though I was still running like every day, like through COVID, I'd, I'd normally run and, um, but I was kept sort of, I'd get a couple of weeks of solid running in and then I'd do a calf muscle or I'd do something and, and then, yeah, I don't know. What's solid running? How far are you running? Oh, like not that far, like maybe 10 Ks. Oh, that's pretty far. Yeah. Like on the longer ones, but, um just trying to be consistent and like or run every second day like trying to find where i could not get injured yeah yeah, essentially because i just kept like doing a car it's so frustrating too oh especially because you start to get a bit of a routine and you start to get like you start to feel a bit better like it's getting sort of easier or you're pushing a little harder so that was kind of getting frustrating and and you know like it's just a gradual time like you don't think wasn't like all of a sudden like six weeks i'd put on a heap of weight it was like sort of two years and then i was just yeah i was like shit a bit what did you weigh in at bucks i was like mid 90s mid 90s mid to high 90s heavy weight down to like 78 now have been for yeah nearly a year and how tall are you six just under six two yes that's you could have gone to a hundred yeah, oh, <laughs> could have easy. could have been done. I might have weighed in on a good day. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I think because I'm bigger, I kind of hide the weight normally pretty well. But I feel like for myself anyway, like I wasn't hiding it for myself. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. No, you know, you know. I when knew. You're like, yeah. yeah. So, and two, like oh, that was sort of off the back of finishing up racing and and like having not raced for a few years like just just habits i'd always had and i'd always kind of been lighter and then yeah just working and kids and life in general and And you're surfing more lately right yeah surfing a bit more but yeah just paddling and i feel like i see in the water a bit more than normal and you're trying to be definitely trying uh, to be out there a bit more on point so yeah chasing rossi around so yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, no, nah, it was sort of a point there. And to be honest, I, we watched um, a show with... Um, I'm going to forget his name now that I'm Yeah, I think Liam McNamara. No, nah, no, nah, it was... Um, <laughs> no, on diet with... Um, oh, on diet. Oh, he did the Fast 800. Um, the Fast 800? Yeah, that's his... Yeah, I've forgotten his name. I'd normally any day of the week I just rattle his name off. So okay. Michael Mosley. Michael Mosley, right here, yeah. So we actually watched it where he was um 
working with type two diabetics and reversing type yeah, two diabetes fantastic. Like, through diet. Yes. And and what was he specifically doing? Just like vegan or no, nah, no, nah, nah, like just healthy, just, low carb. Yeah, calorie restriction. Yeah. And like, yeah, just cut it like and eating the right foods. So probably one of my problems have been the kids are at that age of growing up where like obviously we're not in a like super high income bracket, but um, the kids like eating half a dinner and it's just like, I can't throw that out like and eating it. And you like, you end up eating... I don't know, whatever, a thousand calories extra a day, like always six say, days a week. I'm and always it's saying like, to Virginia, well, it's not one night. Yeah, exactly. Fucking... And it's like, imagine having kids where they do it every meal. And you're yeah. like, so you end up eating so much more than you need to. And um, so we sort of, I, I got on the Mosley thing. and um, So his, that, that was a doco you watched? Yeah, yeah. So he was in Australia with, um, oh, I can't remember, Rick Kelly, I think his name might have been. Yeah. And he was like a boxing coach and dietitian. So like getting guys to weight through boxing and yeah. like had found, I think, similar things to Mosley on. They were like, well, you can treat type 2 diabetes by just eating better because like once you start to carry that weight around your, like your middle, like your body kind of then turns off from trying to burn fat to storing it. This is very unscientific. No, no, no. I too, think, but- and the main thing with type two, as far as I'm aware, being the type one, I know. Yeah. I, I, uh, is it's a mental game because most type twos, it's patterns and yeah. eating patterns and being able to break that. And a lot of them don't. Totally. Want to. I mean, and it's telling, tough. Like, yeah, yeah. It's for me, I guess my, how my head works with like racing and challenging myself, I guess it was. It was probably it was kind of probably pretty easy because it, it became a game, and it was like oh like so counting calories be that or like just for it was really I think more so for me was just relearning what a portion size right. really was or what like like what, how much the body can absorb protein amounts per meal yeah or more so just like if anything like what you can run off like right. you don't need much yeah. like i was down to doing 800 calories a day and i was felt amazing my Which, question with that yeah and i don't know and i would say you can sustain that for a certain amount of time yeah until you deplete your core minerals or you get to a point where you start using um you know you've got a certain amount of supplements that are there and you each you tax it tax it tax it tax yeah. it for a while if you're going too low on it that it wouldn't it wouldn't be a hell i wouldn't imagine it'd be a healthy thing to do ongoing forever it's yeah. like it's one of those things it's a good kick joke because you will you do and like in saying that like i dropped what but it was really slowly it was like three four months to get down to sort of where i was comfortable and then I probably went a little further and like got back to like race weight, which was kind of really where I wanted to be, like where I do feel best. But then like I obviously went back to eating pretty normal, but what it had done was just changed what I like because part of the game I found in it in the end was like if you've only got X amount of calories for the day, like what is the best food you can eat that will burn for longer will will last and get you through without getting hurt so that kind of became part of it as well so what was your go-to there 
Um, well, I just felt like we went back to like, I love curries. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of shit in curries. So I had to cut way back on all of that. Like I didn't, I, there was probably a couple of months where I didn't have, like, I love making butter chicken at home, but yeah. there was, and I make it from scratch. So, but there's still a lot, like you've got cream and all that in it. So, but there was, um, so I cut that out for quite a couple of months and, but like stir fries and like just more like the the one thing I really noticed and it wasn't through I think us purposely being late it, like just life when you get busy and kids and kids sport and trying to train yourself or whatever you you do you can easily fall into that trap of like I'll buy lasagna from the supermarket and then you're like how much shit is in that lasagna yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah like fillers and yeah, yeah just yeah. So I really found when I started watching that and trying to figure out what I like ran best on or what like could fill me up but wouldn't like break the bank calorie wise or whatever. <clears throat> um, I found it like I had to cook everything, so I just started cooking everything again and and like luckily like with the the sort of diet I followed at the start the Mosley one like he did a cookbook with that so it's like everything's there for you and like all the recipes are epic so i for me i found it really it, like it was challenging at the first two weeks and then i it was a breeze how amazing yeah totally right you changed yeah. your habit in a yeah short, yeah that you got inspired by a doco yeah and then just went Phew. yeah I, I i just i love my, drawing inspiration from you know you don't know what it is that's gonna yeah my brother had sort of done it a couple of years before and he'd um he hadn't done the same one that i did but down the similar sort of lines and he'd started running again and like like running he's like middle distance and was running really good like winning 10k races in perth and like running three 20ks like for 10ks which for me is almost is impossible i reckon (laughs) i'm a paddler but um yeah so he kind of like definitely there was part of like he'd done it and then the doco and everything and it was yeah and probably you've been thinking i'd love to get back to and you know i kept going back to like i just need to train more i need to train more which is just because it's always what i've done Mm. but you can't out train a bad diet say that again that just brain fucked me (laughs) yeah like you can't out train a bad diet so like yeah right. If you got put it, totally. shit in yeah, or yeah, too yeah. much shit in, yeah. like, like you've got to try. You can't train. Well, nine then you're hours doing day, injuries. Like you got to work. You're and, carrying more weight than you should be. The body's under duress. Yeah. It's not running on the premium fuel. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, no. Nah, so it was a big change, and it like, um, and then just getting back into a routine of just training, like at least just once a day. And I, I definitely, because of the distance stuff I'd done, like. I kind of got in a, if it wasn't an hour, or it wasn't X amount of Ks, like it wasn't even worth it sort of thing where I just started doing something. If I had 40 minutes, I'd yeah. paddle for 40 minutes. Yeah. Or if I had 20 minutes, I'd run for 20 minutes. Like, And just sort of got back into like, just making sure like six days a week, I was moving, doing something those days. And then that like maybe one might be a paddle in the morning on a Saturday, then turned into a paddle in the morning. And then I'd normally have a run in the Arvo 
because I, you get to that mid arvo and you're like, oh, I kind of want to have a beer. And it's like, oh, how do I, oh, I'll go for a run yeah, and then yeah, I can yeah. have a beer. Yeah. So it just prolongs everything. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was one thing I found with, with doing that sort of diet that I, I, I liked and I found good was I didn't cut anything out altogether. So like, yeah. I definitely like, like I would have been eating too much bread, but I didn't cut bread out, but I only had sourdough and I'd have like one piece of sourdough a day. And like beer wise, like I'd still have a beer, but I luckily Cogger brought out better beers. So I started drinking those. There was less calories or so I still had everything. Like it wasn't like I went cold turkey on everything. Yeah. It just, I just moderated what I, what I did. And, yeah. Now, um, you went into this arc and I know you just, I don't know anything other than what I saw. Yeah. On you posting. Oh, yeah. Right? And I was like, what the fuck? Where is he? What is he doing now? <laughs> so did how stepping all I was the kind way- of in the same boat, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Did that just come about like... <laughs> yeah, it only came up maybe four or five weeks before I left. Right. And so... So just, let's just have a look. What 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 was the first piece of information that you got here? In um. This- so I got a... I don't know if it was a phone call or a message from Jack Bark, who had done... There's a great mate of mine from California that we'd battled for years in Molokai, like gone back and forth, and he did ta- the Bass Strait paddle with me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, he rang me and he's like, oh, I've got this paddle that I knew he'd been looking at for ages because he'd brought it up years ago, and then he was like, I think we should... I think it's time to pull the trigger. And um, so his idea was to paddle from... Um, Terranea, which is like kind of Palos Verdes area, out and around Catalina and around the island and back in one shot. So it was... So you're leaving essentially like northern Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. southern. Southern? Yeah. So just... Oh, the Palisades de- right down? Not- yeah, just above Long Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, around yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of San there's Pedro. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Cause isn't there, there's a Palisades and what did you say? Uh, Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes, that's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So we, he was like, "Do you reckon you could come over for it?" And I was like, "Oh, jeez." I kind of, to be honest, I was like, "I hope I can't." It's a, that's a bloody long way. Yeah, it's a hundred and twenty-five plus k's round trip. So Not- we're looking at like a anywhere from yeah eighteen to twenty four hour paddle so yeah and jack wanted to do it unassisted and i was just like i'm like i like the idea but i'm like i like that's i don't think we can do it unassisted we need a boat Uh, if we do it and (laughs) so that was the first he just rang out of the blue yeah you were pretty fit. You've been training. Yeah, I've been training. I've been running. Like, I've been probably doing more running. Oh, I've been paddling like three times a week at least. But um, been doing a lot of running as well and sort of I'd done a couple of half marathons. So, I was really? kind of going down that route. Yeah. Recently, you've done a few halves. Yeah. How good? Yeah. Like, one, I did um, Mickey Sheehan's Grape for- uh, no, Rum Forest down in Forest. Yeah. That was, again, just a... 
I saw Mick the week before, and he's like, you should come and do the run. I'll put you in. What is it, 24 Ks? How far no, is it? 21. 21. Yeah. 42, yeah. Okay. So I, I gave myself about a week's notice on that one, <laughs> which was tough. But it was it just got that, like, and I wanted to do the running ones because I'm like, I'm not a runner. So I was like, I could try and just take the competitive side out of it and just just run for the fun of just going and having a challenge how did your body pull up after that pretty good i was i was pretty sore after that one like i'd had a little bit of a niggle in my hip but well nothing too bad but it sort of started to seize up towards the end but um yeah i pulled up pretty good it was like a lot of like (laughs) pretty dumb like i'm from here i should know but i was surprised at how hilly it was (laughs) it was just up and down hills the whole way which I can't believe I didn't actually think that, but it was, um, it kind of made it good though. Like I, surprisingly, I like really liked the uphill bit, but bits, but I was getting smoked on the downhill. Like some of those crew just, I don't know how they do. They run so fast downhill. And like, I, I, to be honest, had, even though I've got like a big background in like, I guess, marathon paddles or, I yeah. was so green going into the like someone was like have you got trail shoes and I was like they're a gimmick <laughs> they're not <laughs> then I was like do well, I take a hydration pack I just shorts Sneakers. and a tee oh, just normal runners yeah which was a terrible idea but it's um yeah I, I had definitely had a newfound respect for the old trail run after that so and then me and a mate just did one from Anglesey the other week just I don't know just cause we just like just dropped. yourselves? Yeah, we just got dropped in Anglesey and ran home along the cliff tops. So I think it was 22 k's to the front door, front beach, so we could go in and have a beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to do more of those. I was I was hoping to do the... Um, what did you see? Did you see some cool shit? Did you see anything you didn't expect to see on that run? On the Anglesey one? Yeah. No, I've ridden a lot of that, like back in the day when I worked for Sheehan for yeah. Southern Exposure like um, we used to ride all that so it was just cool to go and run it like I started doing a couple of little runs with Madge one of the guys from work and he's like a good ultra runner and um, I learned a heap because I'd I'd just been going in all these things like going as hard as I could till the wheels fell off sort of thing and running with him it really sort of he's like just slow it down and we slowed right down and just held like a really consistent sort of pace and that's made a huge difference like the angle c1 i got back i was fine like i think i might even had a small run the next day do you wear like a garmin or yeah 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 just had a gun like not measuring pace or anything it was just just to see how far it was to be honest because we didn't really know you don't look at heart rate and Nah, not on that. Like, I've, that's the one thing I've sort of found out with those longer ones. If we're just running it just for the fun of just running, like, you pretty much if you can talk, you're in that probably sort of just aerobic, like you're not strained. Like, so we sort of just stayed at a pace where we could talk the whole time, which is sort of, yeah, yeah. I don't know, five, five and a half minute K sort of thing. So Yeah, I'm obsessed with watching uh, Navy SEAL shit lately and just seeing what those seals go through yeah with hell week and all that stuff yeah and do you, are you fascinated by any of that like what you can actually go through as a human yeah no nah, definitely well 
I guess like we, you push it. Yeah, we we try to push it as much. I I don't know. I like not so much the navy. I do watch that stuff, but um, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of Courtney DeWalter. She's an ultra runner from California. <laughs> She's <laughs> rad. She's just an absolute animal, and um, she won like the Moab the other year. Moab 240 miles. So it's like 300 and something Ks. What? Yeah. And she beat the first bloke that was, I think he was like one of, if not the best ultra guy in the world. She beat him by a full marathon, like 10 hours or something. Is his name Rich Roll? Is he the, he's got a podcast, oh, that guy. He's like a real know. health I've heard nut. that name before though. But Big ultra runner guy. I think. Yeah. Like she's a weapon. Like she kills it. Really? But, um, like... So, she's I've, got the biggest tank for ultra. Yeah, well, I think she's... Like, there's guys now, like, some, like, some of these guys sickos. They're just... But she's just, like, always got this big grin on her face, like... And it's the best. Like, she runs in, like, knee-length baggy shorts and a big baggy T-shirt. Oh, no way. And I think she was a science teacher, like, for... Like, she was winning all these world races and she was, like, still working as a science teacher or something. So now she's a full-time runner, but yeah, like it's, she's epic and she's like an absolute weapon. So I love watching that stuff. And it's like that kind of wanting to know, like, how bad does it feel when you go that, like that bit further or like, like, what does it feel like? Yeah, it's okay, kind so of let's, that. let's just say you hear the, um, uh, you're down here on the 21 K one. Yeah. Where, where was it? The, oh, the forest one? The forest. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for, you're at forest and your hip starts niggling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right. I wonder how long that's going to hurt for. Is will, it, will it go away or will it... Or did, is did it, it going to cripple point, me or is it... Yeah, do you think... Were you thinking to yourself, can I keep going? Nah, nah. I it was wasn't like, that bad. Yeah, I was. it was more like, if anything, it was like, oh, I wonder when it's going to be too bad that i got to stop when I'm doing damage or... Yeah, yeah. But it was just tight muscles i think because so. they must run through that shit oh 100 percent, and that's half the thing and like like even with what i do like paddle wise like you're constantly battling your mind <laughs> like oh i could just pull the pin isn't that just like, life in yeah you're <laughs> just intensifying it yeah. you're just doing like essentially a completely pointless activity yeah but you just want to see how far you can do it for <laughs> Which is like dumb, but it's like no, it's awesome. But yeah, I because don't know, you know, like I think I've said it before, but like we are so, and I didn't say it, I didn't make this shit up, but I've heard it. Who said it? I think it might have even been Wim Hof. But we've replaced uh, success with comfort. Yeah, and we're just living in these comfortable lives, and yeah. really, we're a fucking weapon that needs to use the lizard brain. And if we're not firing that part of our brain, that's why yeah. people are getting sad and fucking like, I feel so like I don't know what I'm doing with my fucking life because you need to engage that, yeah, that beast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's funny, like you do, you get this relief from like even from the paddle the other day, and it's like did we really <laughs> like in the sense of like anything really mean did we really achieve anything <laughs> like not really just four blokes paddled around an island for 19 hours all right let's back it up so he but, rings you and says yeah i'm thinking this yeah un- so unassisted and you're like eh. i was like surely like it's california everyone's got a boat we can get a boat so he's like all right i'll talk to sam and he's like all right sam's in we've got a boat that's his younger brother and um 
I was like, all right, well, I'll have to put it to Dana and see if (laughs) work will let me go. So yeah, work were cool with it. And, um, so then I was like, oh shit, I guess I'm in. (laughs) Then, yeah, we sort of picked a date and, um, booked my flights and like three, four weeks later, I was equipment everything over there everything over there yeah. yeah joe had been working on a new 14 that he's actually going to release with surf tech okay let's break that back so. for someone who doesn't understand yeah. what you're talking about 14 14 foot paddle boards yeah. so um Knee so joe prone? jack's dad joe's probably the one of the best or most well-renowned sort of paddleboard shapers um and paddle like he's done 38 or 39 catalina classics straight i think this year was the first one he didn't do what is the Catalina? Is one way? Yeah, so you race from two harbors or like the Isthmus out on um, Catalina back to Manhattan Beach. Oh yeah, so it's thirty-two miles, which around fifty-three k's, um, and that's been running for like thirty-nine, forty years, I think. So Joe had done nearly every single one. Have they apart- ever lost anyone? Uh, I don't think so. I'm just, ch- just curious. You just paddle in, you'll hit the land somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you've got support. Everyone has to have a support boat. Like back in the day, it was sound like it was a bit looser. Like Joe's got some funny stories of guys like he had a big pirate ship one year, or like a big sailing boat. And I think the guys driving it just got blind and were throwing stuff at him. <laughs> like pretty wild because they were surfers back then. Yeah, just trying to keep busy through summer so and like do something so like that was sort of the way the paddle boarding like the distant stuff sort of came from is that what eddie was at eddie aku eddie yeah he he was on like i don't i don't know how big a board but it would have been i don't know a 10 or maybe a 12 foot rescue board um like more more shaped like a malibu from what i understand where ours are a lot more streamlined like so Joe had been working on a new design for a 14-footer. So generally, like when we last spoke, we were talking Molokai and stuff like that. In Molokai, me and Jack race like 12-foot. So it's a 12-foot fixed fin. Um, for Molokai, it can be as heavy or light as you like it. For Catalina, it has to be 20 pounds or above. Um, so... Or that, above. Or above, as yeah. As a so, minimum. Yeah, well, they keep it so it's kind of in tradition with what they were racing back in the day. So uh, you can't just come in with like a full hollow right. carbon board that weighs nothing because it's like normally a pretty flat race, the Catalina. Question. Yeah. I would have thought a heavier board in ocean-going waters would be of benefit. Yeah, I prefer a bit heavier than super light, like especially when you're getting runners, like little bumps, the wind swells. Um, super light boards seem to like get into them and then as soon as you stop paddling they kind of drop off them so you go yeah. where just a little bit of weight that 20 pound is kind of i feel around that kind of magic weight where it's not too heavy like you can get it up moving quick but it holds a bit of inertia to it when you're on like little swells and stuff like that another question yeah if you're down the, looking for big waves yeah down the road what's your go to there go-to board yeah length oh i don't i just got a nine six step deck okay so it's like four inches thick in the center but it's like got a low rail because it's got a step in the deck like fletcher's been working on it with um ramon navarro and uh that feels really like paddles amazing but i think now with that sort of tech i could go smaller 
and maybe it'd be a little bit more nimble, but you're still going to get all that foam in there for paddle. So, and that's epoxy. Yeah, yeah. But six, uh, three sixes on the deck and three on the bottom, so it's, it's got a fair bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't feel like it's an epoxy. Okay, okay. Well, now we're back to ocean paddling. Twenty yeah. pounders. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you will get. He has a board, the fourteen footer that. Yeah, so he's working on the fourteen. So the one that we raced, it was off one of his stock boards called like a, a CT, um, and it's like pretty rounded bottom, rounded nose with a bit of lift in it. So this new fourteen that we paddled is like more like the eighteen footers. So that's the other division for like Molokai and Catalina. They'll paddle an eighteen foot paddleboard, or Catalina sometimes like eighteen six or longer. But they're with a tiller, so they've got you've got a bar that comes up between your feet, so you've got a little tiller rudder. in it, so a rudder, so you can turn. Um, and they've got like a displacement hull, so it's not as round and soft as the stock board. It's like more of a piercing sort of nose. So as Joe's been working on this fourteen that has more of that piercing nose and everything, but you paddle it like a stock board. So the unlimited is a bit more of a um, bit more of a like where you get it up and going and you kind of just keep it going sort of thing where stock you probably your cadence is higher because you've got a shorter board and you're just trying to keep it moving but when you get tired it's easier to move the small board versus yeah the big board so for this paddle that we jack had sort of come up with like this new 14 was kind of the perfect board for it so joe joe actually made four boards for the paddle and um out of his own pocket to yeah see how it worked and i think they were all sold by the time we finished is that right yeah awesome so um like for most crew like i find now like that if you're not racing the 14 foot board's such a great board like it just holds that little bit more glide every stroke it's like a bit easier the the one that we paddled uh, that they're calling it the greyhound i think with the more 18 foot nose so they wouldn't be great and really rough downwind bumps like that softer nose just doesn't track as much but um for most crew that'll go out and paddle when it's nice or a little bit of chop but not too wild or paddle in the river and stuff like that like so on a 14 foot board like that yeah i feel like you paddle from addis back here yeah i feel like that would have a i don't know in my mind i feel like it would be a nice paddle yeah on a big like is yeah, it or definitely not? nah definitely it's like an, it's a problem <laughs> or am i just like i'd be at the back of bells just going fuck this it's funny i love taking crew that surf paddling and they'll be like i surf for like three hours yeah, straight yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah, yeah all okay. right <laughs> come with me yeah, yeah and that's like you get out there and they don't realize how much you sit or you stop when yeah. you sit like we, we'll go and like we paddled this morning and it's like an hour and 10 or whatever it is and we don't stop that's just constant the whole time and even some of the, like the younger clubby kids that want to come and paddle and they haven't like they've done the clubby sessions and they might go and train for an hour but they're doing efforts and there's all there's sitting around in that where when we're paddling it's just like you don't stop yeah and where did you paddle this morning we just paddled bells and back from Torquay. <laughs> so, and that took an hour yeah it was, we were just cruising. My shoulder's still been sort of a little stiff since 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The paddle, so. Okay, so you <clears throat> haven't been anywhere really for a couple of years, is yeah. this right? Yeah. Yeah. And you get the green light from Dane. Yeah. And obviously your wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you book a ticket and you're feeling good or you got some butterflies about this whole big thing? Um, nah, I felt pretty good. I like, I knew I was fit. Like I'd been running and paddling and I was like light, which I was happy with. Cause like I normally like when I'd race Molokai, I'd be <clears throat> similar weight, but probably more muscle where I probably dropped a little bit of muscle. So I was happy with that. Cause the distance, like I kind of, the less muscle, the better. Like you've just got to fuel it. Yeah. Right. So, um, in all that, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with it, but I hadn't done any paddles over like ten or twelve k's, and I was like, "Oh, jeez, ten I'm, or twelve k's." Yeah, and you were going to do a hundred and what? Hundred and twenty plus. <laughs> and um, and I was kind of like, by the time we'd sort of got the green light and everything, it was like. I was kind of, there's no point in trying to do any long ones. I was just like, well, stuff it. The other boys hadn't been doing much at all. I, like, I think I'd been doing more than Jack and Lockie. I think Lockwood had done like six weeks lead up to Catalina. So he hadn't done a whole heap either, but it was, we were like, oh, well, we, we can all, we all know we can paddle 50 Ks. Like we just got to do that twice in a bit so were you doing was it the idea to raise money do anything for you know or was it just purely like let's just go and do it no we didn't tell anyone just went and did it just went and did it how awesome for 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 doing it yeah yeah old school yeah (laughs) pretty much (laughs) we didn't tell like we we took a filmer with us so bark could make something out of and like um sponsors and that could try and get some footage and stuff like that out of it but yeah like essentially it was just for the adventure and yeah so they picked you up yeah. from the airport LAX yeah. and you get out and it's probably warmer than what it is in Australia yeah got mm-hmm. there um, got there like late Tuesday or like six thirty seven Tuesday night um, went back to Jack's and we just had some dinner and a couple of beers and talked some shit and went to bed and then got up the next day and packed everything and we started the paddle at nine o'clock that night you started so, at nine at night yeah fuck this is epic. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So the day that that day, I guess, leading into it, we we were sort of I was still getting my bearings, I guess, like time wise and everything. But I'd sort of I didn't that flight in was pretty good because it kind of I just talked some junk and then went to bed and I slept all night. So I was kind of like I felt pretty good. And you paddled the next day. Yeah. Figured there was, we were going to, we're up all night anyway, jet lag or not. Yeah, it's going to yeah, suck at yeah. some point. So might as well just get straight into it. And so when you pack your ski, you're leaving the yeah. beach. What have you got on it? No, so we had a boat. So we had like, when once we got down there and we were ready to go, we had um, our boards literally, like when we race, we've got a bottle cage carrier on the deck it's like a fin box in the deck that we can put a drink bottle cage into yeah so we've got like one drink bottle on there so i don't know 600 700 mil of water just water yeah oh water or gatorade whatever you 
felt like. I think yeah. my first one was just water. Yeah, you go water for Actually, a while. Actually, I might have, I might not have even started with one. I think I forgot a drink bottle. <laughs> we had to find one on the boat, <laughs> which is pretty typical. Me and Jack forgot drink bottles for Tassie too. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh Lucky Gawley had a couple of spares. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, so you're paddling, you're leaving at night, it's dark. Yeah, so... That's pretty wild. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. We went down there. I'd never been at Terranea before, but it's like, I don't know, I don't know if it was owned by Trump or... It's like a massive resort, sort of in this... Like, you'd sort of come down the hill a bit and sort of mid-cliff face, I guess. Like, I reckon they must have ex- excavated the cliff and built this big resort there and... Yeah, and it's got a little beach, but the beach is all rocks, like just all little boulders and stuff like that. So we walked down there and um, we loaded all our stuff into the boat or Sam and um, Slater had put it all in there, that Arvo. And so we just had to take our boards down and literally just paddle out off the beach there. And once the boat got there... and So it was calm enough. It was calm enough to just... Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. There was a little bit, little waves, but you sort of just, just waited for one to wash in, and then sort of ran down behind as it receded a bit and jumped in, and okay. off we went. So you're out in the dark, yeah, paddling, and is who's on the boat? Sam, Sam, yeah. And so is he giving you like coordinates, like paddle? You got to go left more. Go yeah. Right. So when we started, we you, we couldn't see the eye well, because it was dark. So. Yeah. You couldn't see the island, but there's there was two, probably an hour in. You could see, there was two like lights oh. on top of the the mountains on Catalina. So yeah. like I guess the planes aren't hit it, and so we started to see those, which was kind of deceiving as well though, because you kind of couldn't like we didn't really know where they were. We just knew they were on Catalina. But um, so Sam was sort of giving us directions. Like luckily, it was like not a full moon, but like like three quarter full moon clear night so he was sort of like hey just sit on the edge at like the right hand side of the moon sheen on the water and like that's kind of your rum line so we followed that and then as the moon moved we could like just go straight at the moon and so the paddle out was like the first sort of stretch was 32 miles or 31 miles so about 50 something k's so we um that was all under moonlight and was pretty good so it was like you could kind of see we had dolphins come every couple of hours and scare the shit out of you for the first second or two well, well, they just pop like pop up yeah like, just come out of yeah. nowhere and jump out you're like oh god <laughs> so <laughs> but um we got kind of which was out of out of the ordinary we kind of had little bumps running with us on the way out which was awesome like we like um like we get little glides off the runners so like it just pushed us all the way out pretty much towards we're pushing against tide but we kind of had these little wind swells behind us that sort of helped so we paddled out we paddled like i guess past like the west end but like the west end of catalina yeah but we were like way south of it sort of thing how are you feeling at this point yeah pretty good like well it's it's spooky at first like you're paddling out into the dark so that's always a bit of a for the first hours a bit of a head fuck why but just there's a lot of fish around yeah but you're on a 14 foot board yeah 
So we figured that it's got to be a big, big fish to mess with that. Huge, but still. There had been a few rounds. Really? There was a bit of chatter? bit more north. Oh, they'd been... There was heaps of Dorado and tuna getting around. So, like, heaps because the water was abnormally kind of warm for California. So there'd been a lot of activity, but there'd been a lot of food. Yeah. So it was... I don't know. Those boys are pretty used to sort of the shark thing too. They're not really phased probably played on my mind more than it did theirs um but we so sorry after an hour you just sort of like after an hour you kind of just you're just doing the job mm. paddling just so we like um we got in it like i reckon two hours in my neck was like starting oh. to get sore and i was like oh shit so you're prone yeah prone like kneeling and lying down so you you're constantly going between one or the other so um I guess anyone listening that doesn't like by paddleboard, we're on a prone paddleboard, paddling with our hands, not with a paddle. So you're either lying down or kneeling. But um, yeah, so two hours in, I was like, the neck starting to get stiff. And I was like, oh shit. Like we've potentially got 20 hours left in this. Like <laughs> this isn't good. Yeah. And, um, but we had like chin rests and that on the board. And just what do you kept- mean chin rest? Like just a, a like a foam block that you could like rest your chin on. It's a bit more comfortable than just putting your chin on the fiberglass and as you're paddling along. Just, just as you paddle, yeah. and when you're lying down, like when you're on your knees, there's sort of nothing you can do. But I'd be like pillow. Yeah. So, so that was like two hours in. I was like, shit, it's already kind of hurting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't good. There's a play got- in your mind that you hadn't paddled over ten or eleven k's at this point. Yeah. Well, I was kind of. So in a way, like, because when that started to get so I was like, I haven't done any long paddles. Like, I don't know, like, even, like, paddling five hours in the past, like, yeah, your neck gets freaking sore. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. But I'm like, five hours isn't even potentially halfway in this thing. Yeah, yeah. So I was just one of those, you just, I was like, oh, well, we'll just deal with it however we can deal with it. Um, so we kept going and... As we got further into it, like probably past the five hours, six hour mark, we were sort of coming up on Avalon, which is like up the far end, like of like east end of Catalina. It's like um, I know from Step Brothers, Catalina wine mixes, like mm-hmm. up at Avalon. There, there's like an old casino, big round casino, like on the water. Like, so we're we were out a fair way. We're pretty deep water at that point but um we could sort of see avalon and we knew like oh we're coming around the we've nearly got the first cattle like we kind of measured it in catalina's or Moloch, like we got nearly the first catalina done and oh, we're feeling oh, like pretty the, good yeah 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 so if you were in the race back to the mainland you would have finished it by yeah then. yeah yeah so we were sort of come up that was about six and a half hours and then we came around the east end and it sort of slowly sort of it it's not like you hit it and you turn a corner it's like sort of a big big sort of semicircle and we were about an hour and a half ahead of where we thought we'd be so as we came around the back has the sun come up no no right. so this wow, was probably in the, the dark the Fucking gnarliest hell. part of the we've come around that section and the moon's gone down and now we're on the dark side of the island because like there's no residual light from Alahaya and because we're on the back side of the island now yeah. and it's pitch black 
seals are barking. Seals had been attacking surfers because of the red tide, so they're all a bit freaking loopy. Seals are but how fucking eerie. So they've started going off, and we're like, oh shit, stinks like seals. Oh, and there's bait fish jumping and just like hitting us in the face and hitting our boards. And we're like, fuck, and like probably one of the sharkiest sec if not the sharkiest section of the island and it is like I wouldn't see you on the other side of the table almost like black for the next two and a half hours oh my <laughs> god fucking over it oh really was, where did your I mind was, go oh into the darkest worst place you could ever think really it was horrible you're like, I'm not fucking doing this again. I don't think I spoke for an hour and a half. Like, I was just... I was... I, at one point in my head, I'm just like, let's just drop anchor with the boat and just sit on the boat till the sun comes up. Because, like, I'm just not fucking having this. Like, can't see anything. Every stroke, because of the red tide and that, like, the bioluminescence in the water, like, your hands were going green, like, this resin. So, I'm like, whatever's under us... We'd just be watching these green things light up every couple of seconds. And it was just the scariest, creepiest, shittest, like, time I've ever had in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, yeah. uh, Were the other boys talking? Could you hear them? No, we How far apart were you? We we were pretty close together. Lockwood stayed out of wide a little bit, but we're... And then, like, we go to the boat for like bottle changes and to grab some food or something to eat like but they'd taken the deck lights on and then it was like this massive lit up oh they had deck lights on no they didn't but like when we'd paddle over so they could see where everything was they'd turn the deck and I was like trying to like hang back in the shell I was like I don't want to sit in there it was just it was honestly like the hardest couple of hours i've ever had on the wall just mentally like just tired vulnerable just and we kind of knew and we we'd done it that way because we figured better to start off while we're fresh and positive and everything in the dark so then you've kind of got the the light of day to look forward to and then once it the sun comes up you kind of get that second wind and you feel better and it's like it's light and but that two hours or two and a half out was just the fucking worst two and a half hours of my life did, on the water. did they feel the same yeah i think later did, on did like, you guys de- de- like decompress about it yeah, yeah everyone was everyone was pretty quiet for that section <laughs> and it was like and two like so we've we're around the other side of the island now we can't see anything. The wind directions changed and the swell. So we're like getting hit. We couldn't figure out like what, where the bumps were coming from because it was too dark. You couldn't see. Yeah, so yeah you couldn't read the ocean at all. You're trying to get up and paddle on your knees, but then like you're getting hit from a weird side and you're trying, no one wanted to fall in. So like I ended up, I think that's, I hurt my rib at about that point. And, um, like just How? trying to recover my bo- I don't know if it was just from from lying down on the board for so long like my rib cage just flexing like I don't get really tight muscles but like I tend to like have ribs sort of pop out and, and like do that kind of thing like yeah. which 
I don't know, Pez was trying to explain to me why it happened not long ago. I don't think I was listening though. But <laughs> <laughs> there's like, there's, I think there's a reason for it. But yeah, I kind of did something in that, in that like little time span that kind of tweaked my rib and which I didn't notice at the time because I was just shitting myself just trying to get through the paddle. But, um, oh, man, like, I can't believe that you had the cojones to, like, I would have been like, I'm in the boat. Fuck oh, this. It, Fuck man, this. Man, there was, there was a couple of times, like, in that section where I was like, I'm just not having it. I'm, like, dropping, whatever. Like, but we couldn't go in. We couldn't see the clip, but it was like, that side of the island was even darker because the mountains are so big and just go straight into the water. There was no beach to so, go into. No, but there's a boat to jump into. Yeah, I know. But it was we. Yeah, <laughs> we just. Yeah, I don't know. That 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 was the darkest part of the trip. I love it, man. But, you could have been a seal. You could be a seal. I yeah. reckon you've got what it takes to be a seal. So yeah, we got through, and it finally started to like you start to sort of see definition in the cliffs. Then you're like, oh, thank fuck, the sun's like coming up and we started going oh like it'll get it should get like pre-dawn light at like 5 30 or something like that and then because we're on the back so we got nothing till like 6 6 30 the sun oh finally God, came up right. what were you wearing um through the night we wore like a long john new the patagonia long john and just a rash vest and we were like borderline too hot in that, mm. but I think we would have been cold without it. Mm-hmm. So we, um, yeah, we kind of got through that, and that was kind of the turning point. Like once we got started to see the cliffs, got a little bit lighter. We we're like, we found a little beach, like up ahead. And we we're like, why don't we go in there and have a coffee? And we got brekkie burritos the day before and put them in the yeti. And we we're like, they were still warm when we pulled them out. And we're like, we'll go in there, have a coffee and a stretch and a burrito and just... Yeah, bliss out in the sun a bit. relax for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and then... So that was that was awesome. Like, it just gave us that little pep up and got us going again. And then oh, the sun out. came out. So it was once the sun came out, we sort of went... We changed into boardies and, like, just long sleeve rashy and... And it was, yeah, cracking. And the wind sort of died off. It glassed off. And, yeah, we paddled the backside of the island. It was pretty nice. I can't believe that, man. I I seriously, like, like, yeah. I I, I could, I I mean, I can't even imagine. But the fact that it's rattled you. Yeah. (laughs) You know. All I was seeing, like, because I think we covered 70, 70 Ks in the dark. So it was like. I was, I was thinking I was saying to the boys last night when we were paddling, it's the equivalent of going from Torquay to Lawn and back to Addis in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. But I reckon, yeah, more frightening because you're just out in the middle of the ocean. Oh, and two when it's not your... Like, yeah, like yeah. my mate Lockwood that was with... Like our mate Lockwood, he he dives out there a lot and like on that side of the island. So he wasn't, I don't think it got into his head as much as it did. Like 
I'd never been to that side of the island, so it was just like, I don't know, you know, you're just thinking of all yeah, the you're long way from home. Scenario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like you're, you're out in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah, anything can happen. So it was, yeah. And you start going like in all of the history of all of the world. What do I really fucking know about anything? <laughs> <laughs> what am I fucking doing out here? So yeah, no, it was it was definitely like definitely makes me if I want to paddle back from Addis now in the dark, wouldn't phase me at all. Yeah, okay. So, maybe I'll do that soon. Because they were like, um, you know, I'm just going to go back to the Navy SEALs. Yeah. They, like, part of that was they dropped them somewhere and they yeah. got to swim through open ocean for like six or seven Ks. Yeah. And they say at the start, world's full of sharks. Yeah. And if you happen to come out, uh, up against one out there, you just got to front it. Yeah. And you got to go at it. Yeah. Because fully. if you don't, then you're not a seal and you're not going to ever be able to, you know, go against a shark on land. Yeah. And, you know, the metaphor, whatever they're using, but they're no, like, totally. you know, fucking. Yeah. So. Have we got it. through it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. All right. So, yeah. So then you got, is the sun's up and you're feeling good. You got a breeder and a coffee. Yeah. The sun came up and it was, yeah, it was sort of from there on was like really kind of enjoyable just, cool like massive cliffs like we all sort of still had highs and lows of like getting tired i felt really good actually from then to like like till the just near the very end where it sort of fell apart for me but so the last hour or so last couple yeah hours. i just like last two miles i ended up having to pull the pin on the last like we'd sort of covered the distance we wanted to cover but we'd sort of we'd meant to track up north and then come down with it and um we just punched straight across so we're punching upwind and up current and i just my rib had just started i couldn't breathe yeah and i was like i paddled like one arm for like about an hour trying to fight it because oh i didn't want to like i could see that fit but it was going to take me two three hours to get and my forearm like i did something to my forearm like i don't know if it was a tendons were like my forearm blew up and it all sort of fucking went to shit. But like when I hit a hundred Ks, I was like, apart from my rib, I was like, I could turn around, paddle back all the way back around and back in again. Like I felt, you felt great. Felt great. Yeah. And then just, yeah, last mile or two, it just got the better of me. And I didn't want to like prolong it for the other boys. Cause like they were hurting too, but they were still going strong. So it was like, the longer you're out there at that point, it's kind of, even if you're feeling good, like it doesn't take longer to then go yeah. downhill. So, yeah. So that sort of ate at me for a few days. Still does. I kind of wish I maybe just wash rode the boat or done something. Oh, man, you made the just call. Get the last. You- paddle it's fucked up. You can't. <laughs> Dude, you paddled so far. Yeah. You know, and just for fun. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing. That sort of in the end, like I think Virtra put something up and they were like one of our sponsors and they were like, it wasn't a race, wasn't for publicity. It was just fun with the boys or something. And it was, it's what it was. It was just. But you completely pushed your limit. Totally. Yeah. We left it all out there. So I know I can paddle 19 hours now, so it's unbelievable (laughs) 
So unbelievable. So how did you feel when you got back? What time did you get back on land? Uh, we got back in about four four thirty in the afternoon. That. Yeah, in the afternoon. Fuck, it's a long time, man. So yeah, nine at night till four thirty. Yeah, that's a lot of long time out there. And then when we came in, so like I came, I swam back in, like the like boat dropped me out the back of the bay, and I sort of grabbed one of the bags that we had all our stuff in and swam it in, and we got into the shore in, and it was a complete chaos. Like so, the swell, so they, the trestles was running. They had the final, uh. the WSL trestles that day. So that south swell that from the hurricane had kicked in, and there was like that beach that we'd started at was all boulders. Like there was like now like three foot like closeouts onto the rocks and Joe's in there like trying to like get the boards in safe because he sold he the sold boards. Them, yeah. And Joe ended up like I've swum in with a bag, like Lockwood paddled in first and just, just clean run just straight up the rocks. Just perfect. And I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And I swam in with this bag, pretty buckled. And Joe's like, come down to help me. And I've like sort of rode the back of a swell in and he's grabbed the bag and he's like, quick, quick. Run. And we're turning around and this one set and he, I think he, I don't know if he held onto the bag, but this thing's just strained out and just sat up. And lucky oh for God. me, like there was a rock in front of me that I just, like a big boulder. So I stood on that. And as this thing like <laughs> sat up, I just launched over it. And Joe, as I've just gone to jump, I've seen Joe just dive like flat, like actually almost just onto dry rocks under it. And I'm like, fuck, I hope I clear this or I'm going back just straight onto dry rocks. Oh, my God. And we just go, it was pretty funny. It was a full debacle in the shore break, but we survived it. All the skis come in. All the boards come in unmarked, so it was... Perfect. Yeah, it was good. So, no, we... We got through it. Did you go so, out for dinner? Um, I think we'd planned to do... I think we planned is because Lockwood was staying at that resort. So we were like... Jack was like, oh, we'll go and have a swim and a spa and order some pizzas. And I think we... I mean, Lockwood had a beer as we walked up. And we just got changed and said bye and got the car and went home. And I think we got some tacos and pretty much fell asleep almost instantly. So we had all the all the intentions to have a few beers and yeah yeah didn't happen. And so and then how much longer were you there for? Um so I spent the next the Friday just we were just cruised sort of hung out and like Lockwood and that come over so we had a, we ended up having a couple of beers that day and hanging out and kind of debrief and my shoulders were pretty buckled and my forearm was all swollen. Um so yeah we were all sort of a bit sore and beat up so we just sort of cruised for the day and then i ended up then driving up to ventura on the saturday so and what happened up there just was up there for work so with patagonia just catching up with the guys at fcd and going over some boards i took some pre-shapes that we'd done here with boots over for those guys to have a look at and clean up and yeah so it was good and then I was there till the Wednesday and then flew home. I was there for the, the big announcement when they gave away the company. So Yeah, so tell what what I, I caught wind of that a little yeah. bit. 
how do you say his name? Yvonne. Yvonne. Yeah. And last name? Shenard. Yeah, I was going to say Shenard, but I was like, it sounds too easy. Yeah. Well, I think... Yvonne Shenard, yeah. Yvonne Chouinard is maybe how the French would say it. I think I've heard him say before, but we just say Shenard. Yeah, Shenard. Yeah. <laughs> In Australia, Australia it probably sounds a bit more bogan. <laughs> they, they say it a bit more elegant than yeah. we do. But <laughs> So he essentially said, let me, let me see if I'm right. Yeah. He said, okay, any, any profit um, we need to keep to pay the people that are working for the business. But the rest of the any cream is going into conservation. On is, is that yeah? So essentially, so I guess the end of last year or this financial year or whatever it was, like it's the business is valued at three billion dollars or something like that. Um, and like every year, like you know, like the one percent or like Black Friday is given a hundred percent for the planet. Like they're always looking to try and do more. And I guess they just got to a point where as a sustainable future for the brand and for like what Yvonne wants, wanted of the company was they, he's, they've created a trust and, and essentially what will happen is like the company will run as it does um, and the money will like they'll have to obviously fund like all the running costs of the business and growth that they're um, predicting and stuff like that. But then, yeah, anything outside of that or everything outside of that will go into this trust. So they, they estimate it's about a hundred million a year that they'll put into this trust that'll go into like um, environmental sort of uh, initiatives and grants and the, um, environmental crisis i guess so. so do you know what they're going to be like focusing on initially no no i don't i like it's still all pretty like, new to everyone yeah. they were sort of saying that at the meeting like um like it's a lot to take in a lot to understand and like and you're not going to you're not going to understand it all today but over the next like weeks months so on like it'll yeah. so essentially for for us as employees it doesn't really change um other just, than you work for an epic company yeah but it's it's essentially yeah it's, well, it's already just did. the biggest mic drop i guess you could have done yeah on <laughs> just just yeah gave it all away to the to the planet so like what so, they're so saying like, stuff yeah. go to like you know like um you know sea shepherd and things like that or is it more like you know, I don't um, know developing you know yeah i Along the lines of Elon Musk or like who the fuck? Well, I guess it like part of it is like you'd hope that someone like an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos and that will get on some way follow follow suit. Yeah. And like, and then there's money going into this, like how do we deal with plastic pollution or how are we going to deal with like global warming or how, how can we offset it or how can we revert? Like, can it be reversed? I don't know. Like, all that sort of stuff like it's just putting more money in like they looked at they said in the meeting and like i'll probably get this wrong so sorry anyone in marketing or anything that's <laughs> going to be off me come monday but um <laughs> it's go it's, for it yeah <laughs> like this is exactly what's happening um so it'll like where are we at then <laughs> no you're no. having a stab at 
where the money was going to, well, what they were going to have a crack at. Yeah, like I guess that they'll be working towards that sort of like, like the big environmental sort of problems that I guess that they can try and deal with. And and what yeah, what what I was going to say was like, I know they looked at like, do they go public? and then take all that money and spend it on doing this sort of thing? Mm. Or do they go give the company to the employees, which then everyone would probably be like have to take out loans to buy their share of the, the company and stuff like that. So then the company's run on debt, so it's not really sustainable in a sense. Like it can all go pear-shaped pretty quick. Or this was sort of the best way where they they feel like it guarantees Patagonia being around for another fifty years. So so it'll be a hundred year company, and it'll be like driving that that sort of push for um, an environmental change, like for companies to push to do better for the environment and and try and figure out yeah this what, climate what? crisis. What do you perceive, I'll go out on a limb here, mm. to be the biggest problem to do with, I don't know if climate is the word I'm looking for, but um, crisis in humanity and what we're doing to the environment? Um, oh, that's a hard one. I'll give it's, you. I'll give you mine. I've been thinking about this. Yeah. No, I mean I'm banging on about. I just think it's sheer numbers. Yeah, I got a problem with that. Yeah, I think it's the. I think I think I think it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, that everyone's like this, 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 this. Yeah, but on a trajectory that you need constant human growth and an area to be getting bigger to yeah. sustain. More people, the, more people, oh. more money. The you know an upward trend in the growth, domestic, whatever that is, the GDP yeah. has to be going up for us to be succeeding. Is a yeah. problem. Yeah, that's my. Oh, totally. I think that's definitely part of it. And two, I like. I don't know. Like the globe. If and if you don't believe in global warming, I'm. No, the, the globe's warming. warming. It's fucking. That, I mean, that, that's undeniable. Yeah. But I think it's too, like, we're Patagonia. It's like, like, you can put your head in the sand, do nothing, or, and it just gets worse. Or well, we it's going to get worse, do, I think, anyway. Yeah. Or we can try and do something, though, and hopefully slow it. Like, and it's, and it's definitely different, like, for me, like, like, I'm happy to do whatever to try to slow it, because I've got kids and yeah, it's yeah. like I've got a like I've got a vested interest in the future yeah because they might have care and like and it's going on so it's like I don't know like it's such a big um, thing to try and chew off like, yeah yeah it. it's it's such a but I but then you look at governments and you look at small pockets of society and you look yeah. at third world countries and you look at a whole lot of things and you go fuck yeah something's not adding up here no totally it's 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 yeah i don't know like i i environmental wise i think it's like i don't know like you what you were mentioning i don't know if that's more social than environmental the growth well, population yeah like, oh yeah but i think it's, two, one, it's, and it's two. one yeah it's one or the other well and same, they're same. both together kind yeah, of thing that's right. but it's i think 
like the Patagonia side is like, let's try and do what we can to save the planet. Oh, I think because- it's a beautiful ethos. And I think the way the company's, you know, what it brings to the table in, you know, reusing fabrics yeah. and making sure that everything's, what do you call it? Well, sourced or like ethically sourced. Ethically sourced, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's epic. Yeah. It's like the way it should be done. Yeah. But like, yeah, like you said, growth needs to be... But how do you tackle that one? Because freedom of... Yeah. <laughs> Don't oh, tell exactly. me what I can and can't yeah. do. Yeah, no, totally. And then with the government that's pushing it, it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're I didn't mean to fickle, put you in the corner and all that. This is interesting. Species, I find it interesting. Yeah, we are. It's fucking <laughs> complex. So, uh, we say we want one thing, but then we... It's, it's, uh, it's a... It's a... I mean, but, uh, look, honestly, I think every turn, yeah, air, air, people go, oh, world's fucked. Like in the yeah. 80s, it was the hole in the ozone. It's like yeah. the thing. I think we will overcome this... Yeah. This next decade whatever it is yeah. if we can get through the wars yeah and the 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 yeah, the, the, the flex on the power room. at the moment right? yeah that's gnarly yeah it's a it's such a it's such a tough tough thing like i don't know i just i just always look at it like i just can't i get frustrated with the crew that'll just go ah oh, we're all fucked fuck it gonna go burn some tires in the backyard you're like well, you don't really have to like yeah yeah, yeah surely yeah. there's a better way yeah but yeah i know what you mean it's i don't think i'm smart enough to answer any of those questions. no no neither am i <laughs> no neither am i but it doesn't mean we can't have a little like yeah. oh, fuck i don't know i don't and i think if we live in i don't know yeah it's a really strong place to come from yeah because from i don't know you, you can invite all sorts of yeah. like oh well that's a you're, possibility you're open to that's a bit more open to anything, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, but I just, these are things that I, you know, like, oh, fuck, well, this seems to be an issue that's not talked about that much, but that's, I don't yeah. Know. I wonder if maybe, like, with the COVID thing, maybe, maybe living to 100 isn't going to happen. What, what? <laughs> I was saying, like, everyone will start living to 100 because of modern medicine, but maybe COVID was one of those things that'll. Oh yeah, drop well, the fucking who knows. Goes through the old nursing homes. Well, it doesn't I mean, seem I to did slow not, down. I did not want to bring this up at <laughs> all. The Weezer. We'll just refer to her as the Weezer. <laughs> the spicy cough. The spicy cough. Um, I don't want to go down this road, but you know, um, this is such a boring topic. Everyone's so fucking bored of it, and myself included. Oh, no, it's... But, um, yeah, it is. It's it's funny. So, what about now? What what's what? You, what do you got going on? What next? Oh plenty of ideas so this is the question when you were in the darkness yeah in the like this is bad I don't want to be in this yeah you're thinking about your kids yeah thinking about home yeah you know like yeah why am I putting myself in this yeah I I definitely had that that sort of in that dark time on the backside of the island of just like should I be doing this I've got Mal and the kids at home. Like, I don't want to miss any of that. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it, yeah. Like, every dark thought you could think of was going through your head because it was scary as shit. So, you just... I don't know. It's not like a life flashing before your eyes sort of thing, but... No, no, no. It's definitely <laughs> start to be going like, why the fuck are we out here? <laughs> and um, should we just pull up stumps for a bit and then just 
what, add that hour to the end of the day, but I don't know. It's it, one of those things. I just always refer, refer to those, these things as that secondary fun. That's shit at the time, but it makes a great story later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you laugh about it later. Well, I think in, in those moments too, you get a deep understanding of who you are. Yeah. And the, you didn't pull a pin. Nah. You kept going. Yeah. Into the dark. Maybe just because I'm a dickhead. But <laughs> 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 who knows? But yeah, nah, it's, I, there's definitely part of me that it's, it's just you do want to though see what, how far you can go. And I hope my kids are like that. Like I hope all kids are like that. Like in the few, I feel like they're losing it a bit in that. Like you said, everything's more comfortable. Like every kid's got a phone or an iPad nowadays. Like I hope that people keep doing dumb shit like this. Well, climbing mountains or nature, paddling man. or nature is is that's yeah. like I was saying to my old man last night. I just he was like, "Oh, have you ever climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge and stood on top?" And I was sort of like. No, <laughs> he's like, oh, you should, you got to do it. And you I was like, oh. yeah. I just like, I, I run the other way. Yeah, I want to go and stand in nature. I want to stand in. Yeah, totally. You know, that's where I really feel. You can kind of see why crew get obsessed with like Everest or something like to push yourself and then stand on the highest tip of the world. Even for that brief minute or whatever you get up there, like, and look around and go, yeah, there's no real point to it, but fuck, it's a good story later on. And I've done it. Oh, yeah. Like, right. and, and lived. Yeah. And lived. <laughs> because yeah. plenty haven't. Because, yeah. <laughs> Hope you got a good Sherpa. Fuck, <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, have you been to base camp or anything like that? Nah. Nah. Are you any interest in any of that? Oh, I'd like to. I'd like to. It's a lot of unknowns. I don't know. It's one of those funny, like, uh, I'd want to do it if Mal and the kids wanted to do it or something like that. I don't think I'd just, it's not really one for me where I I have to go and go to base camp or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, altitude sickness is what fucks up heaps of people. Yeah. You could be as fit as a fiddle, trained the whole thing, and then bang, oh, just taken dude, it. Dude, I struggle with... I, since I've lost weight too, it's like I struggle with the cold. Oh, like yeah. I've just... This winter's just... I've been hating it. <laughs> it sucks. The cold's just like... I'm like, oh, really? Do we want to go surfing? It looks shit. <laughs> it's too cold. What was the water temperature like in, in the States with the... Super warm. Warmest I've ever felt it over there. Really? Yeah. Oh, it makes it hard to come home, doesn't it? Oh, like, at least it's warmed up a bit here. Like, if yeah, I had it come home like a 13s. month ago and it was like <laughs> 12 degrees, you'd be like, what am I doing? Like, it's so funny, like those, like, single degree changes. Yeah. The difference it makes, hey? Like, do you mean point degree or from 12 or like to just 13? just from 12 to 13 or oh, yeah, 12 totally. to 11 or like, yeah. well, even like the half a degree, like on some of them are like, it's so gnarly. Like it, you, the the different feeling you get, like from ice cream headache to no ice cream headache or something. It's only like a degree. As soon as I can get the booties off, yeah, stoked. Yeah, like this year I've been paddling with booties on. I swear my feet are still going numb. So what do you, what, what do you reckon? Fourteen, you take the booties off? 
14, yeah, I reckon. 14 there. So I think 14, it helps yeah. with the sunny days, though, too. Sunny days, totally. When it's sunny, it's like you can go no booties. Uh, I'm sort of trapped in them until... Yeah. I don't think I've got that greater circulation. Well, I reckon mine's shitter now, too. Do you ever get a white finger? Sometimes, yeah. My wife, Mel gets like, like Raynards or whatever it's called. So like, won't even be that cold. And like, her fingers will go white to like the middle joint. Translucent? Yeah. Fucking, I get it too when I go for the cold water swims down here. Yeah. Like I look, look like an alien. Yeah. And it's like a defined line on her fingers too. It's so gnarly. I think Cody Robbo gets it too. Like, Oh, what is it? It's Raynards. It's like a Raynards. circulation thing, I think. Where I reckon I'm getting it more now, like as I get older or something, it's like circulation isn't as good down to my fingers. Like I feel like I've always struggled though, like at the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when my hands get cold, there's like no coming back. I'm like, do you do the helicopter? Oh, I did. Have you tried that? Tried everything. Yeah, okay. And it's just like I'm just like I'm going inside. Go and put your gloves under the heater in the toilet. Yeah, in the hand dryer. Yeah. <laughs> I've always struggled with that. Like, I just, once they get cold feet, not as bad, but like my fingers at the snow when they're cold, it's just like game over. Yeah, yeah. Cold anything. Cold extremities. Todd, Todd. Yeah, I'm fucking out. Yeah. It sucks. Are you going to Eggs' opening tonight? I didn't even know about it. Um, The Nook? No. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something like, yeah. Yeah, I saw Kate's That sounds cool. I've been meaning to go buy it and have a look. So it's open? I thought it was. Oh, I don't know, have any idea. I might just be making stuff up. Yeah, it's open. I live under a rock. <laughs> so do I, mate. <laughs> it's not work or paddling. I'm at home. Yeah. Um, so it's a board store, is it? Yeah, so I think it's part... Of, like, I think they had a warehouse up there anyway. But now, yeah, they've just put a uh, little store. And they're just doing like... Um, like a couple of like... Like Vouch. Sort of the high-end high high end sort of mctav not oh. i don't think they're doing mctavish but like that kind of who thing. puts a dollar bill on their board oh geez. it's an american yeah. shaper i don't know i'm pretty sure he glasses in the dollar bill and like and they're really high end kind of like georgie boards like not like a christensen or something no. i've never seen it on his but they're pretty board pornish as well yeah but like that that kind of yeah, like vouch do like sort of the hull like twinnies and stuff like that sort of yeah i yeah. think it's evan oh what's his dad's name they've got north coast surfboards um evan squirrel i don't know tony squirrel is his old man they do really nice board like really high quality boards out they used to have the license for lopez's in oz i don't know if they still do but he's been in business for a long time wow does really high end, nice polishes and all that sort of stuff. Tints, mm, real sexy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, I think that's what the boys are doing. They've sort of got a few of those shapers that no one has down here, and just yeah, sort of fills a bit of a space. And we thought we might swan along. Yeah, I didn't know. Maybe I'll swing by. Swan along. I think there'll be a few beers there. A few skewies. There mm, you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll see how we go. It seems like this weekend's going to be full. Of- yeah yeah full of schooners uh oh yeah so you got a bit on what are you doing for the footy i don't know i haven't decided yet uh, to be honest it'll be probably the first game of footy i've watched all year yeah i kind of i don't know uh, yeah i don't swan yeah. is geelong in case you didn't know yeah, yeah i did hear that 
So, yeah, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Mm. We'll see. I might go into Greylows. He said he's going to do something, but we'll see how we go. Simon? Nah, Tommy. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't drink that much anymore, so. Me neither. It's, um, I've been on the non-alcoholic beers, which Stop is. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah, it's, you know what, like. Not that I drink no I just don't drink anything. Yeah, well, I found it for me, it was a, like, it was one of the, like, I still feel like I'm having a beer. Yeah. Well, you know what I had yesterday, actually? Everything, but I'm not having a beer. I I had yesterday a lie. I had a fake gin and tonic. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They're pretty good, these things are. fucking delicious. Yeah. Well, that's like... (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Yeah, so Cogger started, like, Better Beer started doing them, and I was already drinking their beers, and... I was like, I'm going to try it. Like, at first I was like, what a dumb idea. <laughs> Not alcoholic beer. Who's going to buy that? What about though? What and about- then I've just fully jumped ship and I'm on board. 100% sold. <laughs> but what about how people used to look down on light beer? Oh, totally. Like, and now they're going, no, zero, zero beer yeah. is no acceptable. That's I still how far think we've that gone. Light, light beer is stupid. <laughs> Is that dumb? No. I'd rather have a zero alcohol or it's a full all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I still, oh, I still indulge in a bourbon and coke too. So that's oh, stop that's it. That sounds little, that's my gross. favorite. Yeah. That's but I get I've, it. I've really limited that. So if but, I was to ever stop, which I won't, but I, I'm, I'd be into the brown brown liquor. I reckon. Oh, I want to be able to do it straight, but I'm too soft. No, that's I can't fine. do it. I'm just to, like with a bit of dry ginger or something. Yeah, see, that's like a pack of darts. Yeah, well, I've never done the dart <laughs> thing, so that well, <laughs> that's where I'd be like, I'd be fucked. I'd be like, yeah, I get some smokes in a bag. Uh, it's not going to stop, and this is going to have to make up for a good twelve years right now. <laughs> yeah, just that one. Well, I've missed out from not drinking. And just, oh god, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, yeah, no, I've I've toned it down a bit, but. Not to say that, who knows, grand final, yeah. maybe I'll ramp it up for one weekend. I feel like I had beers every day in America, though. I yeah, feel you don't like have to. Ju- it's just a granny. Yeah. yeah. Cruise. I'm not that phased on the granny, but... Just another day. Just another day. Get through it. If the wind's low, Hopefully it's the time to get, get away. I don't know anyone that plays for it, actually. I met the big tall bloke the other day. I've forgotten his name, though. But Who plays for them? Yeah, the Tomahawk. No, nah, Ruckman. Um, don't know. Reese, maybe? Reese? Uh, nice bloke. I have no idea. Big honker. Really? Yeah. How, but, like, yeah, made you just, look small? Hey? Made you look small? Yeah, I felt very small. <laughs> really? He's a big dude, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how tall he is, but he's got to be, like, high end yeah, in the sixes. If he's Ruck. Yeah. you got to be massive. Big fella. Well, she... I'm going to say thanks. Thanks for having me, mate. mate Good to be back. Hey, it's good to see you back and in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> After that. We'll see. We've got, we got some more scheming in the uh, mix now. So hopefully every year or two we'll get another adventure in. Well, you know, keep, it, the keep them coming, man. Yeah. Keep them coming. <laughs> keep them coming. We're all on. Yeah. So I'll fill you in next time. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe it'll be a run. Maybe it'll be a paddle. Maybe it'll be Everest. Maybe everything. Yeah, maybe I'll run up and paddle up Everest. <laughs> in your shorts, Wim Hof style. Wim Hof. Jeez. <laughs> How are you into that ice bath thing? Uh, I I was. I didn't. For a while, like it was four or five years ago, I didn't have a hot shower for a year. 
just cold showers. Cold showers for a year. I do like to like, I like a hot shower, but then I'll like turn it down and yeah, do a little bit of cold for a little bit and turn it back no, on. It's just straight yeah. cold. Yeah, no, nah, see, I'm, but you can have the Wim Hof thing. I don't do it anymore. Yeah. The but, ice bath thing, I kind of, too many people got on board. I just, I don't know. I think after doing it, like it would have been good. Jump in the ocean. That's what yeah. I do. I get in the ocean. I think With- it would have been good after the paddle doing a like hot cold thing. Definitely. But the crew you see like every morning that get out there and just do like, just get in a cold bath for like four minutes. It's good for your mind. Yeah. It is good for your mind. Every time I go down there and go for a swim, uh, you no matter what sort of mood you're in, yeah, you get in, you get out. It's a different day. I do like seeing every morning Mikey Blackwood's post of what he... Dude's hardcore. From the water. Epic. And I've seen some mornings where he can't... Like the old boys go down there some mornings like at, through winter and they're dick togs at Torquay. And I'm just like, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. Blizz, those boys, they swim out to the... Yeah, I know. I saw them the other week. They swam through the day and I was like, I think I just paddled and I was just like, you boys can have it. Yeah, no, I'm not. Me neither. <laughs> Honestly, I'm such a pussy. I think if I, I swam out there, I feel so vulnerable. No, nah, there's nothing out there. Yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> Might get got by a squid. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like as soon as like I get, I don't know what it is, open water in yeah. any kind of depth, I just suddenly start going, anything could swim in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's when you look down and the light just keeps going forever that you're like oh shit I wonder if there's just going to be a big black <laughs> submarine just coming up at me <laughs> and you know, I don't know you get used to it like we course. were just paddling 5k's out every morning through summer because of the subtleties and um I think I saw one shark for the whole and we did it like nearly every day if not every second day 5k's out yep 5k's out turn around chase the wind back in and just that curiosity that one that you did see yeah what was that doing just cruising hanging out it actually like it i was we'd gone 5k out and we're coming in we're about 3k mark and i looked for my mate over my left shoulder like towards jack to see where he was and as i was coming back to sort of look in front of me i just saw the dorsal and i was like oh shit i tried to paddle ahead of it but I just cut it off. But it didn't pick up any speed. Like it just started crew turn and it cruised beside me for like probably ten seconds and then just slowly disappeared and didn't see it again. Yeah. So I slowed down, I like sort of zigzagged till my mate caught up. I was like, I just saw a shark and then I paddled off and left him. <laughs> <laughs> Stitch up. What is it? Who was that? Simon Strawn. And was he like? He didn't a, care. No, no, he's, I was like, he's, he's probably got better life insurance than me, so <laughs> leave him behind. <laughs> oh well, she well. I look forward to talking to you again after your next adventure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. It's always good to be in the horses' mouth. <laughs> in the horses' mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Zeb Walsh. Now, I told you he's a mad dog, right? Like, oh my God. Could you imagine being on the dark side of that island at that moment in time? I mean, I just, I can't really. 
I, I, you know, that, that, that really, if you really put your mind into what that would have been like, and if that's, it's giving Zeb the heebie-jeebies, like the dude's made of steel. Yeah. Um, anyway, look, I hope you enjoyed our chat. Uh, bit of a shout out there for anyone, um, Chris Davidson, uh, his life was taken too shortly over the weekend, um, for anyone that was family or friends with Davo, heart goes out to you. Um, I wouldn't say I was friends with Davo, but I had met him. And um, yeah, it's just always so sad to hear when someone goes too soon just through a random, seemingly ram, you know, like just a stupid fucking punch. Like, uh, it's just, anyway, if you're out there, I hope you're smiling. Hope you're finding something to smile about because um, it's short. Like, you know, it's it's short. So we might as well just, Get in there and do what you love. And, you know, if you're not, use someone like Zeb who's going out there and doing these things as inspiration to get out there and do the things that you want to do in life. Anyway, till next time, adios.